Good morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome back to One Guy, One Roll, the solo role-playing podcast, where I, your host, GM, and player, Hero Cities, play solo role-playing games for your listening pleasure. Today is the ninth episode of Ironsworn Starforge, where we're following the story of Nikora Sokolov. It's hard to believe that we're already on episode nine, really the 11th published episode because of the two session zeros. And I've been having an absolute blast spending a half an hour with you guys every couple of days, just rolling dice and figuring out oracles and coming up with stories involving Nikora as he continues to explore the space station prosperity, where something has happened that has completely knocked out power and the environmental systems to the entire space station. Even though when he first came aboard the space station, it appeared to be empty, we've learned that it's not entirely as uninhabited as it first appeared. First, we encountered Crazy Eye Jones, who had seemed to have lost his mind and killed all of his crew, stole their oxygen, and attempted to jump Nikora himself when he was investigating the trader depot of the space station. And also, we have met Petra, who has not really been forthcoming with exactly what her task was aboard the Prosperity, but she's proven to be both resourceful and intelligent, even though she's clearly gone through some kind of trauma that still affects her physical burning of her face and probably below where the suit you can't, we can't see yet due to everyone having to wear environmental suits because there's no oxygen on board the station, or heat for that matter. During last episode, Nikora and Petra were attempting to restore power to the station by restarting the power core inside the reactor. Although they were successful in doing so, unfortunately, Nikora didn't quite follow the steps properly, and we had a miss. So Petra got stuck down inside of the reactor building, which luckily, because she's wearing a scavenged maintenance suit, which is designed to withstand the radiation inside of the core itself, she's not been fried yet or turned into a Petra biscuit or whatever. However, she's still stuck inside because when Nakora started the third power core, it initialized all the security systems and they had no way of re-entering the core without some sort of bypass authority or completely shutting back down the core, in which case they may or may not be able to get it back online again. So, despite her protest, Nikora took off on his own in an attempt to get down to the research section of the station, where he presumes the data core that he's been sent here to retrieve is located. Unfortunately for Nikora, and mostly because of my bad dice rolls, the episode ended on quite a cliffhanger with the elevator that is now functioning due to the power being restored. Something happened, and it started plummeting down towards the bottom of the shaft. With the quick recap coming to a close, let's get into it. The episode starts with a closed door from the inside of what looks like a maintenance elevator with this patchwork grating, and it's just got a big console with all the buttons for the floor. Other than that, it doesn't have a ceiling or a roof of any kind or really walls. It's just this graded platform with these metal railings around the outside that moves up and down the station. Nothing fancy. This was not designed to impress anybody. It's just functional. It's a maintenance lift, more or less. On the other side of this door that the elevator stopped at, a little green light flashes. The door opens, and Nikora is standing there. 
I'm looking a little surprised that the door actually worked due to power having been out in the station the whole time he's been here, but still pleasantly happy with the turn of events. So he comes walking into the elevator, scans around, looks kind of up the elevator shaft, and looks over at the control panel, the very simple control panel, punches in the button that says 2, nothing else next to it. Every other floor is labeled, but the second floor just has a number 2 on it. And as he pushes on the number two, the green light above the door goes out and the elevator starts to slowly lower when all of a sudden it stops with a jolt and Nikora kind of attempts to get his balance. And all of a sudden, as soon as it does, the elevator starts plummeting down towards the bottom of the shaft. The various lights from the different floors are just a blur as the elevator starts falling down the shaft due to that miss re-rolled at the end of last episode and doubles. So, we already know that our miss led to this whole elevator collapsing scenario, but we will pay the price eventually for it. But let's see if Nikora, who's... I don't think he's screaming or anything like that, but through his helmet, you can see his the whites of his eyes as his eyes are just wide open and fear and, and, and just the unexpected nature of this sudden lurch and drop down the elevator shaft. So what will Nakora do? I think he has this utility belt and that, that carabiner with the... Um, with the like the metal wire attached to it as the elevator starts to starts to drop down the shaft he tries to attach that carabiner with the spool of wire onto one of the ladder rungs as the elevator starts plummeting down the shaft i think that'll allow us to at least somewhat avoid the complications of this whole situation and this of course will be a face danger roll i'm thinking with edge speed mobility agility makes the most sense to me because this has to happen quick. He has maybe a few seconds before the elevator gets going too fast for him to do anything about it. So we roll plus edge, which is a plus two. So that gives us a four. We rolled a two on our action dice. And on our challenge dice, we have a three and a six, which is a weak hit. On a weak hit, you succeed, but not without a cost. Make a suffer move minus one. So the way I see this as is, here's how this plays out. So the elevator lurches and starts dropping, sickening down the shaft. And Nikora reaches down to his belt, pulls out this carabiner, and manages to get it just barely in time latched onto one of the rungs of the ladder. As the elevator continues to drop, his little wire part of his harness is just whizzing, whizzing, whizzing. As it's running out, he quickly hits the brake on it and gets just ripped off the elevator back into the air by his uh, his little utility belt thing. And he's hanging there, dangling down in this elevator shaft as the elevator completes its final descent down the elevator shaft all the way to the bottom where it soundlessly collides with the bottom of the elevator shaft. Would it be an explosion? Oh no, that's a good question. Let's find out. I'd say there's... I don't know, movies always show elevator explosions, but I think it's um, unlikely it's going to explode. We got a zero one, which is an extreme yes. Oh boy. Okay, so whether it's because of the way the elevator, the propulsion of the elevator, or, you know, it's a utility elevator, there were probably some random crates and crap stacked in the elevator itself. There could have been some explosive stuff in there. Perhaps at the the bottom of the elevator shaft itself runs some 
gas lines or some other kind of explosive, whatever. Something happens that causes this explosion. Now, there's no oxygen, so it's not going to immediately burn and everything's going to go crazy. However, this elevator, as he looks below him, as he's just dangling by this belt, just praying that this thing holds together. This elevator collides soundlessly with the bottom of the shaft. And this big bubble of fire comes up the elevator and whooshes past him. You know, if he had his hair out and, it, you know, it was long, it would be blowing in the wind like some chad. But instead, he's sitting there holding on to for dear life with this utility belt wire he has as this fire is blasting around him. It doesn't stick around due to the lack of oxygen, but there's enough combustible materials in this shaft to create this big fireball. Just this one shot of fire rocks the entire station. Does this set off any alarms? Are there any uh, like fire suppression devices? Are those currently powered up? We said the security section is currently has power, so 50-50. 74, no. So there's no fire suppression that comes off or anything, whether it's offline or just a fireball went too quick to trigger any of the firefighting efforts. Nikora is sitting here dangling, heart pounding in his chest. I'm sure that the just the shock of it all has hit him really hard. So I think that that face danger roll degraded whatever penalty he was going to have down to a minus one. But we still need to pay the price regardless. Let's take a look at that move and see what makes the most sense. So I think we're going to kind of have two things happen here. One is that the elevator obviously is now entirely destroyed. So that's the environment introducing a new hazard. And then I think he's stressed. I mean, that was like really close to possibly leading to death. So let's take a look at the stress move. In Dear Stress, when you face mental strain, shock, or despair, suffer minus one spirit for minor two or three. We already talked about how it's going to be a minus one. So we will take the one hit to our spirit, lowering it down to three. So do we want to resist the stress? I don't really think he's in a position where he can resist the stress dangling in this elevator shaft, merely supported by his belt. So Nakora is just dangling there, swinging back and forth slightly on the non-existent breeze that followed in the wake of this massive explosion in the elevator shaft. He's thinking to himself, the hell did I do to deserve this? Just simple, Nakora. It's a simple retrieval mission. Yet here I am, once again, almost getting killed, swinging away at the end of my rope. However, Nikora isn't the kind of guy who just gives up and goes home. No, now he's only more determined to finish this task that has been set before him by Creed. The question is, how the hell is Nikora going to get out of this one? I think he's kind of in a hurry. He wants to remove himself from this really dangerous situation. I guess the question is, how far down the shaft did he go? Is he on the correct level? Is like the door to the research section right there. We already know it's open, at least we think it's open. It was last time we were down here, but... With the power restored, who knows what's going on. So is Nakora at the correct level of the station? I think it's 50-50. We got a 16, which is a yes. So we are on the correct station where the research section is. However, we are kind of dangling in the middle of the shaft right now. Is the door to the research section open? I don't know. I think it's a coin toss again, 50-50. We got a 29, which is a yes. 
if you'll remember from, gosh, what was it? Episode two, I think, when Nikora first stumbled research section of the ship, those big heavy blast doors were open and I think they still are. It's just sitting there just out of arm's reach from him. You know, he's dangling down the middle of this elevator shaft and he can almost reach out and touch the research section of the ship. What is Nikora going to do? How do we get out of this situation? First off, I think he's going to try to secure an advantage. He's going to slow down for a moment here. He realizes that something happened with the elevator. Maybe the cable broke from just stress of it. Maybe there was some kind of programming error. He didn't obviously hear any snapping of any cabling or anything, but there's no way to know because there's no sound aboard the ship right now. So he slows down, takes a minute. He wants to get out of the shaft, but let's uh, assess the situation and see what exactly we can do. I think in this situation, this is going to be based on a strength roll. He needs to either get himself swinging over to the proper side of the shaft, or he's got to do something. He needs some way to get out of the situation that he's in. And strength, to me, makes the most sense, which is bad for us. We have an iron of one. With the three on our action dice, which is a four, and on the challenge dice, a one and a four means a weak hit. On a hit, you succeed. On a strong hit, take both. On a weak hit, choose one. Take two momentum or add plus one on your next move. In this situation, I think I'm going to take the plus two momentum. As Nakora is kind of assessing his situation, what he's in right now, he thinks he can just get, by pumping his legs, he can get enough momentum and leverage. If he detaches that little cable carabiner bully hook thing, from his utility belt as he's mid at the apex of the swing he can functionally slingshot himself right through the open door and into the research section so we took the momentum so we don't get any bonuses from that but i think in this case i mean it's got to be with iron again unfortunately so that's once again a plus one to our iron but we have eight momentum banked if we need it He's really getting on a roll here. He's getting close to securing his objective, he thinks. Oh, that's sweet. Okay, we rolled a five on our action dice, plus one is six, compared to a five and a three on our challenge dice. So a strong hit. You are successful. Take plus one momentum. That brings our momentum up to nine. So our boy Nakora, who's dangling in the middle of this elevator shaft, gets his legs pumping back and forth like a kid on a swing set. And he gets a little further and further each time. Doesn't have quite enough to make it all the way into the section, but he gets close enough. And as he really starts to get it, he gets far enough to the back wall to give himself a push off of it with his feet. And he goes flying across the room and at the apex of the next swing at the other end, releases the repelling device off of his belt and goes hurtling into the research section of the station. However, since fiction always comes first, we did lose our cool Batman repelling device, unfortunately, because it's now sitting there dangling down the middle of the elevator shaft, inaccessible to him, unless he wants to try and do some like Indiana Jones shit where he jumps across, swings over like on a vine or something like that. But for now, the spool of wire with the carabiner is removed from our gear. I also think that that is the end of the scene. So let's do a little bit of housekeeping here. I got a little excited and didn't do the pre-session stuff when we first started. So I do think that our chaos rank 
goes back up to five. I mean, it's not a measure of how successful you are. It's a matter of how much in control you are. And Nikora has not been in control over the last couple of sessions, and certainly not for that scene. Now, we also have our clocks to roll for as well. For our secret clock, I'm just going to roll a 50-50 chance to see if it progresses. I don't think it's been a particularly long time, but 50-50 seems fair to me. We rolled a 0-3, which is an extreme no, but I've already been playing it that these extreme yeses and nos don't affect the clocks. How about oxygen? 50-50. 99, the exact opposite, which is an extreme yes. Once again, we're not playing with extreme yes or nos on here, so I think with all the stress of an extra heavy breathing that goes along with it, means that our oxygen available is down to the last tick of the pie. It's going to be interesting. Is Nikora going to have enough oxygen to go back and help rescue Petra? Who knows? So with our new scene starting, we need to see if it gets altered in any way. For that, we roll a d10 and compare it to our chaos rank, which is currently 5. 6. It is above it, not below it. Therefore, it is not an altered scene. This new scene begins with a shot from inside of the research section of the ship, where the lights are now on, not flickering. And you can see a lot better what's actually happening in here than you could before when it was dark and all you could see was from the little shoulder-mounted light that Nikora has on his suit. However, before too much time goes by, Nikora, at the corner of, your, of the camera, you can see Nikora come flying into the shot, being uh, slingshotted more or less by his wire carabiner thing. And he comes and he gets into a roll, tucks into a roll and lands on his knee as he surveys this this room now that it's lit up and can be seen a lot better. The question is, what do we see in here? Bones. We see bones, according to the research table of the derelict for feature. So I think he just missed them before, but in the corner of the room, there's this skeleton, basically. Something happened to this guy and he's just flesh all gone, suit all gone. And there's just this pile of bones. Is there anything else? I don't know. Let's find out. I think uh, there's a chance, but it's unlikely. We rolled a 24, so yes, there is something that this skeleton has. The question is, what is the nature of this item? Is it something positive for Nikora, or is it just kind of a banal, unexciting object? I think there's a 50-50 chance it's something useful. Six, which is an extreme yes. An extreme yes. Is it an access card with an extreme yes? Does it just allow us access into the research section? Is it, is it that easy? Is that too boring? I don't think so. We rolled on the chart. Got a zero six. 6 I think that's what the dice want us to have. Just to make it fair, it's a near sure thing that this skeleton has a access card. 16. That's another extreme yes. Absolutely. If you're a fan of old school D&D, you just confirmed a crit right there. And we critted the confirmed a crit. So double crit. I'm joking, of course, but he has a key card. Or the skeleton. We don't know if it's a he, a she, or they. Humanoid skeleton is all we know that it is. At least it finally looks like Nikora's rolls are turning around for him, so that's positive. Breathing hard and looking at the worryingly insistent pulsating red light on the oxygen readout of his suit. Nikora gets to his feet and brushes himself off and resurveys this room now that the actual lights are on and it's perfectly clear that you can see everything in here. It's like a lobby. There's 
a few chairs arranged around the outside for like sitting and waiting for somebody. It's probably like some crappy fake potted plant, waxy leaves, you know, fake plastic basically or space plastic or whatever we got in this world. Also, there is just one door out the back of this area. It has a console next to it and an area for like a security guard to stand and through that door in the back you can only just see a hallway there is like glass windows like an airlock kind of i guess where you could see into this room and it just looks like a it's just a purely white room unlike the rest of the ship which has just been like industrial gray sheet metal-y but this is white as can be and spotless Nakora first gets into the room he beelines it for this security terminal with the console next to it and much to his happiness it's on the screen lights up and a place to insert some sort of a security card just pulsates green and on the screen of the terminal it says authorized personnel only now at this little security terminal where Nikora also goes around and does a little investigation is there anything exciting over here I don't think so, but let's see. I think it's very unlikely. We rolled a 71, so no, there's nothing over there at the security terminal itself. However, as Nikora stands by this terminal and tries the door, won't budge, it's totally sealed, sees if there's any way to like hack into the terminal itself, there's absolutely no way to do that either. Goes, he then sees the, seeing the bones in the corner of the room, he heads over that way and finds only one thing that is left on this person, well, bone pile, is this ID badge that says Prosperity Space Station Research Department. And then we need a name. Let's pull one from the Lovecraft mythos. Let's see here. Ooh, on the badge, there's a picture of a middle-aged, red-haired lady whose hair is tied up in a bun on the back of her head. And on, it just says, Dr. Elizabeth Bradley, head psychologist. And that's all it says. Nothing more than that. Just her picture and those few words. No reason why a psychologist would be assigned aboard a ship like this. It doesn't make any sense to Nikora. Something we haven't discussed in Session Zero is that the medical services available in our version of the Forge are rudimentary. There's this guild of Medicaid who control basically all access to higher levels of medicine, and that's it. Which one would think would include mental health, like psychologists or psychiatrists or anything like that. So the fact that she's here on board a station is strange to Nikora, but he puts that thought aside, he doesn't have time to deal with it, and he returns back to the terminal on the outside of the clean room, takes her uh, Dr. Bradley's card, and inserts it into the machine. Is this really all it takes? Is there any kind of retinal scanner, fingerprint scanner, or some kind of biometric data required? I don't think so. I think that, well, let's find out. I think it is very unlikely that that's required. Barely. We rolled a 27, which is still a no. So there's nothing else required. And as Nikora takes this ID badge for the doctor and inserts it in the machine, the screen comes up with a picture of Elizabeth's face, and it says that any attempt to access research department by unauthorized personnel will be considered an extreme violation of space station prosperity law, and the offender will be subject to detainment and possible termination from the space station. 
please remove card. As Nikora slides the card out of the slot on the terminal, the screen goes blank again, and the doors to the research department, well, silently, you can almost imagine them hissing open. And inside the room, this white room, no windows on the other side of it at all or anything, is another terminal built into the wall this time, which says, Clean Room Alpha, Insert ID to begin decontamination process. As Nakora steps through the threshold of the doorway into the clean room, the door silently shuts behind him. And on that terminal built into the wall, the screen goes blank. And this little pulsating green cursor, like the one on the panel in the maintenance control room, flashes that monochrome green. Looking back behind him at the closed door, which he didn't touch, Nakora heads over to the terminal. As he does, pushes enter, and nothing happens. That cursor just keeps flashing at him. Nakora tries the door on the far side of the room. It doesn't budge. He goes back to the door that's shut behind him. It also doesn't budge. He's trapped in this room with no way out. Starting to panic a little bit as that red flashing light from his oxygen tank can be seen out of the corner of his eyes, Nakora returns back to the terminal on the wall and... Where the screen before just had the blinking green cursor now says, Hello, doctor. It has been exactly 854,764 seconds since we last communicated. Are you ignoring me? Nakora stares at this typed out on the screen like it's some kind of sick joke as it all fades to black. Once again, thank you for your continued listening and support of One Guy, One Roll. I had a great time making this episode, and I can't wait to see what else Nakor manages to discover inside the research section of the Prosperity. As always, if you got a couple of bucks laying around and you like the show and you want to help support me, buy me a cup of coffee for $5 a month and head on over to patreon.com slash one guy one roll and check out some of the various perks that are available. As always, I've been your host, player, and GM Hero Cities, signing off. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode and have a great day. Stay safe out there, y'all.